This is Sarah Elizabeth, and you're listening to Front Porch Radio in Columbia, Tennessee, 101.7 WKOM. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin, is here to serve Murray and Williamson County. We have over 50 years of business with all the experience combined. All insurance claims, as well as unibody and frame repairs and glass claims are welcomed. Call today for selected insurance companies, 931-381-4915 Columbia, and Franklin, 615-794-1959. Or check us out at www.brownsbodyshop.com. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. 
Quick Bar Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. Want to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Uh, Cinco's on the trip. Uh, maybe we get X on the trip and a mask. Maybe Y in a mask. Uh, orange throat in a mask. Just a full total team effort. You know, I'm I'm. That's starting to sound a lot better at a thousand dollars a head. But I make all those guys What's, stand in the aisle. Yeah. What would be the name of this bus? Would it be the the uh, Barnstormers? We couldn't call it the Vitalivan. No, the Barnstormers. That'd be perfect. Yep. Federal life savings. And I, I mean, it's probably a one time thing, you know, because Connect, this is his last year. Yep. We're losing Triple J and all those guys. And well, what we do, and your your idea was to drive from here to Phoenix in a bus, which I think is yeah, a really great hard. idea. Yeah, that's pretty hard. That's pretty hard. That sounds inviting. But it's for the national championship. Go look at it that way. Brian and Matt would stand. Matt would stand the whole time to see the Vols play in a Final Four. He'd stand on that bus. I know Matt. He'd stand. absolutely. He, course, Brian, Brian suggested we take a train that goes through Fayetteville. He could. Well, if you guys stop and think about it for a second, he could lay. You guys could lay down in the middle of one of those aisles until Jeker had like some of his juice roll back on you, on your sleeping bag. <laughs> But I think it'd be a, a great idea if you ever life savings, but it'd be worth it. And, uh, but you know, the, <clears throat> I don't know what it costs to, to do an airplane thing, but that's probably airplane? way out of our life. It's a really good idea. Yeah, yeah that'd be good. Chaperone a group, fly him out of Knoxville. All right, y'all, the Daily Show is beginning here momentarily. I've uh, dropped the ball. No lovely Laura around today to set everything up for me. So we're getting ready to start your engines, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Wednesday edition. We've got a great one for you. Let's play the legal and let's do our thing, shall we? It's a family affair, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, we're live in your Ray Mirror studio on this glory day where you better get ready for love because we've got a lot to get into today. Pearl is back in town. Pearl is back in town. Pearl is back in town. And the question is, will this be the final time that Bruce Pearl visits Thompson Boring Arena as the uh, head coach of the Auburn Tigers? And then will Jalen Williams play this evening, which Tennessee does not believe he's going to play. Auburn's doing, Auburn, they think Auburn's doing a bit here tonight, pretending that he's going to play. He's obviously an extremely important player. Uh, for Auburn and Tennessee's in their four-game gauntlet. And the question for you, and we're going to bring an Auburn uh, beat writer on here momentarily, Jay Tate momentarily, and then Watson Brown later on in the hour. 
On the agenda today for Watson Brown, we'll discuss with him, now that Tennessee's gotten their ruling and they've got that in the rearview mirror, if he were in Heupel's shoes, how do you manage expectations for the upcoming season? Because once spring ball starts, once the reports start coming out about Nico and the fact that he's going to ascend into space, it becomes rather challenging. Because now it's about expectations. Which, you know, first world problem. First world problem. But first we've got this issue of Bruce Pearl, who's back in town, maybe for the final time. Hoosier Vall Ryan will be glad to know that there is all kinds of strong buzz. After we got off the show yesterday, I was talking to several people. There's all kinds of strong buzz about Bruce Pearl in Indiana. Apparently the uh, second loss to Penn State over the weekend shoved the Woodson guy right over the bow of the boat. That's what I'm hearing. Now, Brian Hartman, and I bring you in. On its face, Bruce Pearl, let's think about it now. He coached that Southern Indiana team to a national title. I remember him telling me back in the day during an interview that he went out because he, he asked me how I did my show. And I said, well, I own my own show. And I do my own show. And I sell my own advertising. And I get out there and I hustle. And he looked at me and he said, I respect that. He said, I walked that path. And I thought, well, that, that's not, you know. Now, at that time, basketball coach at UT, when he got hired, made like 800 grand. This is, he, he, got, he got hired before the money exploded. You can go back and look it up. He got hired before the money exploded. And that was what? Um, well, 18 years ago, 17, whatever it was. Pre- pretty decent time ago. At any rate, Pearl was at that southern Indiana spot. And that's an American dream thing to get a call from the University of Indiana. Now, there are some in the industry that believe that's going on, that Pearl's going to have an opportunity. But let's reflect back on Pearl's time here. And Brian Hartman, I ask you, as I asked today in the blog, when you think back on Bruce Pearl's time here, and we reflect on him coming in here tonight, and he's been good against Tennessee, by the way. I think he puts an extra little oomph into it. And he's got a far from perfect team. He's got a team where Bruce does Bruce things, which is he plays a lot of players I talk about today. And he can get in the way at times, even though he's a really gifted, very good basketball coach. I got I have a lot of respect for him. Brian, when you think back to the BP days and you think about Bruce Pearl, is he a hero? Is he a villain to you, or is he a little bit of both? How do you answer it, Brian? He is a little bit of both. He is a little bit of both, but I am very appreciative of what he did and what he was able to accomplish. I don't think, I think he was the first, he actually was the first coach I can remember that won at a high level that everyone could actually get behind. The Jerry Green era, nobody could really, nobody liked him at all. No. no. Even though the team won a lot of games. No. But... The Bruce Bruce was somebody everybody just loved, and there was a diff. That was much. Those two things were not the same thing. Bruce was the first coach. Pearl was the first coach that you really over there in basketball that you really loved to death, and you wish he could have stayed over there forever. Why is he? A but villain, it wasn't Brian? meant to be. It, yeah. it wasn't meant to be. Brian, and, Brian, Brian. Why is he a villain to you? 
When you say he's a little bit of both, what what makes him villainous to you? I think because he took a, the first thing he did when he got his show calls ended was he took a job at a rival conference school in the SEC. And when you take a job at Auburn, you are now the enemy. That's a rival in the league. And Auburn's not like Florida or Kentucky, but still. And then when, uh, you know, it just seemed like that he could have maybe looked for a job somewhere else in another part of the country, especially after he was taken care of by a local businessman for a few years between jobs. He was. I think most people. Yeah. He was. So I thought that sort of made him a little bit of a villain to me. Hey, but I still look back and appreciate everything he did. And I think if you talk about Indiana, I think he was mentioned with them before after his first year at Tennessee, maybe. He Brian, was linked to that job. Brian, Somebody up there was, was trying to poach him, maybe. This is real now. Would you find so, him a lights-out yeah. hire at Indiana? Do you think that would be a smart thing for them to do for their Mormon basketball program? They were talking I the think it's the, only, it's the only thing they can do. I think it's the wow. only thing they can do right Since now. Since Pearl got here, here, Knoxville, Tennessee yes. has twice as many Sweet 16 appearances as Indiana. We looked it up a couple weeks ago because we were just – we were admiring how you could take a brand like Indiana basketball and damage them to the extent they've been damaged. We were admiring it on the air, so we got to talking. Tennessee's, what do we say, seven, Bry? Seven Sweet 16 since Pearl got here? It's a pretty high number, whatever it is. Yeah, I think it's six since Pearl got here. They went to one before Pearl got here with Jerry Green. So so there would be six. Six Sweet 16 appearances, and Indiana, I think, has been to three, which is just, I mean, it's Fruit Loops. That just doesn't seem possible. Jay Tate will join us. We'll talk with him coming up on the other side, and then Watson Brown. And then I'm going to ask you, I want you to really think about this now. Bruce Pearl, is he a hero? Sweet 16. Is he, is he a hero? Is he a villain? Is he a little bit of both? What, what do we say about Bruce Pearl? Hero, villain, a little bit of both. How do you couch... BP, and then what do you expect from Tennessee the last four games? What's your number? What's your number you can ex- that you expect? Look, we know the math. We know that if the Vols go three and one, and it's a right three and one, they're going to win a league. We know that if they go three and one, and it's the wrong three and one, they might share the league. We know that if they go four and zero, oh, they're probably going to be their first number one seed in school history. Even Jerry Palm yesterday wasn't no-selling that, who's the king of the no-sell on here. But he even he wouldn't no-sell that. But let's do this. Jay Tate joins. And then I want to get into the Bruce Pearl thing because I'm hearing yesterday that this thing behind the scenes with Pearl and Auburn, um, you know, look, Bri, how long has Pearl been there? How long has Pearl been there, Bri? Since 2015. He was hired in 2014, so the 2014-15 season was his first one. So I guess this is his 10th year. I, yeah, I guess this would yeah. be his 10th year. Dave Odom told me back in the day, he said, for most guys, you get a job, 
And in 10 years, in this era, you get the hell out of there. People are tired of hearing you. He said you either win really big or you get out of there. Now, Pearl's taking them to their first ever Final Four. They've got a new arena. I don't think they want to lose him, but it's interesting behind the scenes. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens from here because I think that Indiana deal is going to be extremely um how do I put this? Enticing. And we saw Barnes get itchy here. These guys get itchy. That's a profession where these guys get itchy. They jump around. Very few. Very few stick around. Most of them jump around. We'll come back. Uh, tons of topics to talk about, but what do you think about Pearl when you think about him? Is he a hero? Is he a villain? Is he a little bit of both? To me, he is a stone-cold hero. Um, look, do I trust the guy? Not really. Do I think he's kind of a self-promoter? Yes. Do I think that we would ever be in the spot we are in hoops without him? Absolutely not. No. I believe the guy started the fire. I, I believe if he wasn't the head coach here, well, you would not have a practice arena. I believe you'd still have those ugly orange seats. And you'd be still playing in a cavernous place with bleachers at the top of the deal and no luxury boxes. Uh, I believe Bruce Pearl took Tennessee into the modern era uh, with his sheer force of will and a great staff. You know, the Tony Jones of the world, the Shays of the world, the Forbesies of the world. I mean, a great staff. Great staff. We'll come back on the other side and we'll get Jay in here and then watson brown and then i want to talk to you so hold your phone calls and we'll bring it on back it's a wednesday edition as we continue after that this is coach devin simler from columbia central baseball you are listening to 101.7 wkom in columbia tennessee alert alert columbia chrysler dodge jeep ram has a huge announcement we're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever that's right five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road don't drive a chrysler dodge jeep or ram it doesn't matter our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models more service less time only at columbia chrysler dodge jeep ram family owned and operated you can count on us this is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. 
Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big, no tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113 or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. The generations that have paved the way for us deserve respect, integrity, and compassion. This is Kelly Dobson, owner of Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. My grandmother and mother started this business in 2005, and I was honored to take over in 2012. Licensed and insured, we help our aging community stay in the comfort of their own homes. Online at caringheartshomehealthcarellc.com, by phone 931-381-5470, or in person at 1121 Trawood Avenue here in Columbia. That's Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. Debbie Matthews grew up and lives in beautiful Columbia, Tennessee. As a realtor, she is well-versed in homes, neighborhoods, development, and schools. She wants to share her love of her home state with others to help them find just the right place to raise a family, open a business, or develop a dream. From luxury listings to land, she can handle it all. She is the current leading producer, Nashville Realty Group. Contact Debbie Matthews Realtor at 615-476-3224. That's 615-476-3224. Columbia's own 8th Annual Mid-State Classic Collegiate Softball Triple Header returns on April 2nd at the Ridley Sports Complex. Columbia Central versus Spring Hill at 10 a.m. Then it's Columbia State versus UT Southern at 1.30. And at 5.30, the Lady Volunteers face off against the Memphis Tigers. Tickets are available online at ColumbiaTN.com slash Mid-State Classic. Tickets are $10 and good for all three games. The Mid-State Classic, April 2nd. See you at the game. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Let's bring Jay Tate in now, who uh, is with the rival site that covers the Auburn Tigers. And Jay Tate, taking a few for us here on your TLD Logistics Hotline on a day when, hey, listen, Bruce Pearl, the guy that started the fire here in hoops, as far as I'm concerned, uh, comes back. Uh, and, and when he left here, was one of the most beloved figures. And the day that it all fell down on him, and that time period was an extremely sad one here. Uh, it's ironic 
that he's uh, he went to Tennessee's Final Four uh, several years ago at Auburn. As we bring uh, Jay Tate in, and Jay, I bring you in against the backdrop that uh, tonight's going to be very eventful for both teams. Absolutely. You, you've got two awesome teams going at it here. Tell me about this Auburn bunch. We had Sonny Smith on with us yesterday, and he said, look, I'm not trying to be simple or overly simplify this thing. Sonny's the king of cool, as you know. But Sonny said, uh, he, he said, if Auburn shoots the basketball well, they'll be in the game, and if they don't, they won't. Yeah, that's exactly the way he talks, too. Coach Sonny's an absolute gem. Uh, glad to have, I'm glad that you had him on. Uh, I agree with him. Auburn shoots very well sometimes, and other times they shoot very poorly. Uh, the thing for this team, they have very good forwards. Uh, Janai Broom's outstanding at center, and I think Jalen Williams will play, which is kind of shocking to me in the sense that when he went down in the Kentucky game, I thought he was a gone for a while. Uh, I think he's going to be fine. I think he probably will play this game. But with those two guys, those are their two best players, power forward and center. They need guard play to win the big games. And I think you saw in the Kentucky game when they thought that was going to be their big moment, they flopped, and it's because the guard played so, so poorly. Uh, Aiden Holloway had a very nice game the last time out against Georgia. He hit four or five threes in the final, I don't know, six minutes, and really pushed that game out. And he hasn't been that guy lately. Uh, and Trey Donaldson, their other point guard, is solid but hasn't been shooting the ball very well. So unless those two guys stand up and really make themselves known in this game, I, I just think Tennessee wins this one. You know, it's interesting. When they put Holloway on the floor – um, uh, with Katie Johnson, that's a whole lot of potential craziness that can happen from possession to possession. Like, I call guys like that like WTF point guards or guards because you're just looking at them going, "What? Do you, I mean, what are we doing here?" And yeah. Both of those guys play hard, but it, they're so volatile. You know, there's a the reason I don't trust Auburn a month from now uh, is that guard play because that front line is great. That's an elite front line they have. It is. I agree. Aiden and, and KD, it's interesting you say that. They're both kind of frenetic, but they're for different reasons. KD is just insane. Insane. And Aiden is just panicky. Uh, so that's the thing. They have another guy named Chad Baker Mazzara, uh, CBM is what they call him around here, number 10. He looks like you could fax him. He's like the college version of Kerry Kittles. He is also crazy. So when you see KD <laughs> and Chad playing together, it's just like over-sugared toddlers. Uh, and it's fun sometimes. Because they do some incredibly awesome stuff, but they also do some boneheaded stuff, and that's why you don't see them play together very often. But uh, Aiden usually is pretty calm, but, man, when he gets pressured on the ball, I'm not sure that ZZ Top is the guy to pressure Aiden the way that would freak him out really bad, but some of these bigger guards in the league have absolutely just messed him up. And, and he was completely out of sorts, but it seemed like he got back on track against Georgia. We'll, we'll just see. You go to Thompson Bowling, man, in a, in a game that's a matchup that's as hyped as this one, it's hard to see him flourishing, but we'll just have to see. The Holloway guy's so wild too. I remember BP from from his Tennessee days. He would get things in his head, and that was in like a lot of coaches are like that. He gives this Holloway like uh, a Steph Curry green light, and the guy's like <laughs> the guy. The guy doesn't shoot the ball that way. You're right. He he did have a nice game against Georgia, but like shooting in the high twenties or whatever from three point land for a decent part of the year. What about where this Holloway guy will pull from? It's wild. Yeah, I know. He has no conscience when it comes to that. And I was just thinking about how their two most voluminous three-point shooters are also their two worst ones. Right. Which is Aiden and KD. It, it's kind of baffling in a way. But 
Yeah, because Jalen's an outstanding three-point shooter, and, and, and Chad is an outstanding three-point shooter, and they take fewer shots. It's, it's just kind of odd the way they go. Chad's more of a driver. And I, I do think that Jalen being back tonight, which I certainly expect to happen, I mean, that's going to help. That's going to help Auburn a lot. And and BC's had some nice wins against Tennessee, but they're usually not necessarily at Thompson Bowling. You know, he's won a couple times here, though. He hadn't won in a couple years, but he's won a couple times here, and – why do you think it is this league? We were looking at it yesterday. It's nearly impossible when you go into the better teams' gyms. Now, Kentucky did it uh, the other night. I guess Kentucky's got two in a row now after winning at Mississippi State in a really strange game last night. Kentucky tried to give it away. But um, why do you feel like it is that it's getting harder and harder for even really good teams? Because Tennessee's got to do this Saturday for their SEC uh, championship hopes. Why do you think it is that it's so hard to play in these gyms now, even for the good teams? I just wish I had an answer for that. One of my best friends lives over in Scotland, and he's always like, you know, in soccer, he started to watch Auburn here lately just because he's friends of mine, and that was the first question he asked me uh, this season was like, why is it in America the college basketball teams are so good at home and they always win at home? And I don't have an answer for that. But the Reed Shepard thing is so bad for me, dude. I'm a U.K. graduate. I covered his dad and his mom. Uh, Stacy was a wow. point guard for the girls' team. And now he's playing, and I'm just like, God, I'm getting old. He had a great game last night, though. Dude, come on. Unreal. I know. His last, what, two minutes of that game? Oh, my gosh. He got him there. That floater floater he hit in the lane to win the game was was crazy. Crazy shot. It's just so bizarre that I covered his parents. Oh, God. What do you make a connect (laughs) against this wild Auburn bunch tonight? Um, it seems like Connect's going to have a big game here going down the stretch. Could it be tonight? Because Auburn defense, when they played Kentucky, defense was optional in their building uh, a week and a week or so ago. Yeah, Auburn feels like they can outscore everybody, and they thought they could do that against Kentucky. It didn't pay attention to defense, and it killed them. Actually, right. it killed them at the guard position. Right, yeah. Billingham tore them up. Yep. I don't know. I don't like their matchups with Connect, honestly. Um, you know, Chris Moore starts usually at, at wing, and he's not going to be the guy to do that. And then Chad Baker Mazzara, he defends more with his mouth than he does anything else. And I don't know if Connect is the kind of guy that's going to get caught up in that kind of warfare. So I don't know exactly how they're going to defend him. My guess is Denver Jones is going to be on him, which is their long-ish shooting guard. And he's a pretty good defender, but, man, Connect is really good. Um it's going to be a problem. I think they're going to look at it this way. Connect's going to get his, and then they got to try to limit, uh, you know, the other folks. Uh, Triple J, uh, ZZ Top, he's got to kind of limit those guys because Connect's going to get his. And Janai's going to get his, I think. What a great player. I love him. Yeah, Brent. he's an odd one. He's an odd one. He's definitely got old man game for sure. Oh, I love him. Yeah, he's yeah he does have an old man game. But there's a place for him, and he's a really, really, really great player. Um, you know, Jay... It's interesting. Pearl's getting to that time where that is 10th year. And uh, a lot of those veteran guys say that's when it's moving time, unless you're a Cal or one of those people. But even the Kentucky fans would say it's time for Cal to get about his life's work. But at any rate, um, I, I've got friends whispering in my ear. First of all, Pearl's name's been mentioned with that Louisville job, which whatever, whatever. Uh, that's a total mess. 
But I guess Indiana is to some extent. Pearl coached at Southern Illinois, and I remember getting to know him when he was here, and he was very fond of his time there. And I can imagine in his mind, because apparently they've reached out to him, let it be known, they're going to move on from Woodson. This is what I'm hearing from my buddies in the coaching profession. We all kind of, you know, I just, they, they tell me stuff, I just listen. But at any rate, um, do you believe Pearl would listen to Indiana if they come a calling on him? I mean, I, I think he would. Coach in Southern Indiana. He he still. I, I bought a car up there like five years ago, and they still talk about him up in Indianapolis. Like I just couldn't believe it. All the people that knew of him and his time at Evansville. Um, he'll listen to him because he's that kind of guy. He's PC Barnum, and he would be silly to not listen to him. But I think the situation down here is set up for him to succeed uh, to finish this thing out. I mean, he's, he's going to turn sixty four soon. Yep. I don't know if he wants to get going on a rebuild at sixty four years old. Um. He makes a lot of money. He has a brand new arena. His fan base is for as fervent as any in the country. It's not the biggest, and it's certainly not the most blue-blooded. But they fill this place up standing room only, and they, he's adored like no Auburn coach that I have known. Uh, I just don't see it, man. And he can get to the Final Four from here. He may have a Final Four team right now. I mean, he's challenging for a, an SEC title coming up on March. I mean, that's quite an achievement at Auburn. So, I think he'll stay here ultimately, and if there's things that Indiana offers, you know, that are better, then I think Auburn would do what it has to take uh, to keep him here. I think the new AD here has been here about a year. John Cohen, mm-hmm. the former state baseball coach, yeah, he he's pragmatic. He he knows what BP is. He knows he's the bell cow. Uh, BP is a lot bigger than basketball at Auburn. Uh, to a lot of people, he's the face of Auburn University, and uh, they they wouldn't let him go without a massive fight. I just don't see it at 64. You know, ironically, the old AD, Alan Green's a part of uh, Danny White's administration here in Knoxville, uh, which uh, small world, small world. Um, another small world issue uh, item I hear, and again, this is just scuttlebutt, but BP, and, and basketball's a different game, right? I think Rick Barnes wants to say in his successor, John, uh, that Coach K uh, chose his successor, and we know that because one of the guys that wasn't chosen went on the record and basically ripped the process. Uh, so we know, and, and said he felt betrayed by him, blah, blah, blah. For some reason, like Saban stepped away, and he didn't, he just walked away. He wasn't worried about who was going to take his place. Basketball's a different deal, though, for whatever reason. Uh, Bobby Knight set Pat Knight up. Uh, for the gig, so this has happened before down at Texas Tech. It didn't work out. Um, I hear that BP wants his son Stephen to succeed him there. Have you heard those whispers? Sure, of course. I mean, I don't even necessarily think it's a whisper. I mean, he has set Stephen up. Up, Stephen's moved up the ranks. He's now associate head coach. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's a secret that he would love for Stephen to take over for him when the time is appropriate. I just don't know if that's going to happen. I mean, Stephen hasn't had a significant coaching job away from Auburn. Yep. Um, he's never been a head coach, although he probably should have gotten the Georgia State job a few years ago, in my opinion. Uh, of course, I'm just some goob. Um, I, I don't know if that would happen. I, I just don't know. Now, if Bruce was to go out and win a national title or something, maybe. He's been doing his best to kind of put Steven out there. And Steven's done some nice work. He does some great scouts for them. Yep. He really has stepped up his game a lot uh, from a coaching perspective, from a recruiting perspective. He's definitely somebody to keep an eye on, but I just don't know that he would go right into the Auburn head coaching job. I, the AD here, I just don't know that he would think along those lines. It's really an interesting sport, though, isn't it, the way these guys like to 
get a say in their successor? Because I think Barnes will try and do that as well when the time comes for him. Yeah, I don't know as much about Barnes except for he's really good. Um, you know, Saban is kind of a different character though, because I've always kind of felt like I mean, the guy's a stud, obviously, and he's been really good to me when I've met when I've worked with him. But mm-hmm. he just lives his own life, man. I don't know if he's a good comparison. I could see somebody like Dabo trying to say, you Amen. know, like who should take Maybe. over for me? Amen. Yep. Yep. Or whatever. But 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 hoops I, hoops is a weird deal though too. These guys are. These guys get tied to these jobs, and they almost become as big or bigger or in their minds. And a lot of them are kind of political animals as well, which is sort of uh, – because basketball is a game where you got to read the room when you're recruiting people. And it takes a lot of emotional intelligence for these guys to navigate in those basketball circles, I think. so. Yeah, you're so right. I've thought about this many times, and I haven't really gotten to the bottom of it about you know your typical very good basketball coach. Is very very different than your typical very good football coach. Yes, football coaches see more about the ball, the game, right? And basketball coaches are more about talking and PT Barnum. I mean, you think about the great ones, seriously. No doubt. No doubt. Calipari's like that. No doubt. Oh, is the epitome of that. Uh, Bob Knight was a different kind of of, of PT Barnum. He was more of a yeller. Same deal. I, I guess it's because, yeah, like you said, you got to read the room a lot better in recruiting. I think. Yeah, that's a really good observation. I hadn't thought about it that way. And you know what, Jay? They, they also, the other thing they do, because I know Pearl does it there because he did it here, they have a great way of cultivating the right people, the right boosters. Those basketball coaches are smooth operators now. And in the old days where you had to deliver the cash in the back door, not the front door, <laughs> uh, you, you know, you had to be that way. In the new way, though, when you need something done and your AD says no, you go right around them. That's that's what basketball coaches do everywhere. They go right around yeah. their ads because these guys know how to operate. Yeah, BP in particular, he's got his whole network as well. I mean, it's just commonplace, I guess. You know, I broke in covering Patino at Kentucky. And, wow, wow. I mean, he's talking about he's, he's got all the things you're talking about, and it's just so different than football. You know, Jay um, about Patino. It's funny. He gave an interview the other day, and he was talking about how he was. Um, how he was really put off by the transfer portal. And yet I was talking to somebody over at Tennessee, and they were telling me he's been poking around on Toby Awaka for months now to come home. But, you know, Patino's oh. really put off. I mean, he's put off by the transfer portal. Yeah, no way he would ever talk out of those sides of his mouth on that. Because no <laughs> <way. laughs> he, he's, he's not like that. But, uh, hey, Jay, what happened? You, you already said you, you kind of feel like it's going to be a rough slog for Auburn. If Auburn is going to win tonight, how do they do it? What's the path here? they got to shoot. They got they generally protect the ball pretty well. This is definitely his best ball handling team, but they cannot get sloppy with the turnovers. Uh, in the U.K. game, they, they didn't have that many turnovers, but every single one of them just stung them because they were out beyond the perimeter, and then Kentucky drove down and dunked on them. Uh, They've got to be really smart with the ball because if you let uh, Tennessee get down transition, you're in trouble. I also think a big part of this game that we're probably folks are not thinking about or talking about is out-of-bounds plays. Uh, Barnes and Pearl, I think, are the two best in the entire country. Interesting. The, the pride they take in out-of-bounds plays. And Tennessee, as I understand it, scores between eight and nine points a game off OBA, which is amazing. And Auburn is like seven. Uh, so this is a huge part of the game that Pearl really cares about. So my favorite thing to look at in this game tonight is going to be the way Auburn defends uh, Tennessee's out-of-bounds plays because Pearl has taken particular – it's always a big deal for him. Kind of like Belichick with special teams, you know. Um, I'm fascinated to see how that goes down tonight. 
Pearl was really, 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 really good here. Barnes this year with this bunch, they've gotten so many dunks for connect off inbounds plays. Uh, I can't count them all. They did a couple times in Lexington. They got a couple of them in that Saturday night game, which, you know, I was talking with a buddy of mine that's a big hoops junkie. you got the Kentucky background. I can't figure out what Calipari's doing with his team. He looks borderline checked out. He tolerates a lot of nonsense from them on defense. Like last night against Mississippi State, that was a comeback that had no business happening. But he was just over there just kind of clapping and just kind of looking with that befuddled look on his I mean, I mean, do you have an opinion? on what, what is Calipari doing? Is he, like, checked out? I, I can't honestly say that I can speak deeply enough on him. I am a Kentucky graduate, but I just stopped caring about them on a personal level so long ago. I mean, my observation would be the same as yours. To me, it seems like he's mentally checked out. He's just kind of having fun and, and playing yeah. out the strength, so to speak. Yeah, he's got a lifetime contract. And he pokes at the fans because, again, he's cultivated the right people. He knows what he's doing. So he goes on his – when he goes on those coaches' shows, when he doesn't send an assistant on there, he's telling those people, I'm going to go home and pet my dog, and you're going to cry about this, and I'm going to cash a big check, and you're a loser. I love it. On I've the, not heard that, but that's amazing. On the way, Yeah, he said it a couple times. On the way – he actually said what he actually says is, you can sit around and cry about this. I'm going to go home and pet my dog. And hang out with my dog, which you which you know how that plays uh, in the Commonwealth with those nuts. Uh, in the meantime, Jay, tell the living listener where they can find you, and I really appreciate your time, man. Hell, absolutely. If anybody out there would care to hear what I have to say about anything, <laughs> I'm at AuburnSports.com. It's part of the Rivals Network. I'm the Auburn guy, uh, so that's where you find me, I guess. And I'm on Twitter at JG Tate, but, I mean, who cares? I'm just some rando. Hey, G. Tate, we'll have to have you back, man, to talk some hoops. Love it, brother. All right, man. I hope I get you back on the TLD Logistics Hotline as soon as possible. Boom. I like that kid, Brian. <laughs> on your TLD Logistics Hotline. Boom! Um, Sean Sinclair, let me bring you in now. When you think back, Buenos Wednesday to you, you're now free to move about the cabin, the uh, – NCA is beaten, beaten back once again, which we were going to talk to with uh, Watson Brown because the expectations and let the fun begin here. Cinco, hope you're good on a Wednesday. I'm better, Tony. I uh, I was uh, the NCA has apparently got into my password <laughs> passwords, and I was in a they didn't like the ruling, so I've been in password hell for about the past 48 hours. Anybody that has a phone and gets into that password vortex, knows what I'm talking about and how close you get to throwing that damn thing down the street. Oh, oh man. The other night, I was, uh, I had a credit card filed on something, right, you know, which is dangerous enough, but I had a credit card, and it was telling me, wrong card, wrong card, and I'm like, and I re-entered it like six times, and finally it locked <laughs> me out. Sean, it locked me out. Oh, it, yeah, I it get pissed, locked out a lot. It pissed me off. married. It pissed me off. Anyway, yeah. so, glad you're back. Um, Bruce Pearl, let's think about him for a second. When you think back to Bruce Pearl's time here, hero, villain, little bit of both. How do you, in your mind's eye, how do you view uh, Bruce Pearl? I'm going to go, I, I, I think if, that's the, if those are the selections, I'm going to go a little bit of both. I, I think Bruce Pearl is something different. I, I think everybody remembers the Bruce Pearl vision the bruce pearl experience the bruce pearl character um 
And I, I, I will admit, uh, I, I had a great time coming after, you know, buzz and all that nonsense. And then not being good much. There not many highlights yep. since I started at UT. Yep. In, in basketball, uh, basically, uh, an administration that never cared about basketball. Um, just kind of going through the motions with their hires and that type of stuff. And then here he comes in, a tour de force, who takes a bunch of ragtag guys the year before they couldn't do anything and, and turns them into celebrities. And, uh, and it was so fun. It was so exciting. You were exactly right. Um, that, that, Pat Summit was, was wanting a practice facility for so long. With all due respect, he just makes a couple calls. It's done. Uh, the arena's done. Now, on the other side, uh, Bruce Bruce Pearl is a double-sided coin there. Uh, off the basketball court, I don't know many people that know him, and, and he has a he has a very limited shelf life uh, among the people that matter. Um, and so when you say, would he look at Indiana? Uh, there's no question in my mind Bruce Pearl would look – at Louisville or Indiana, I, I bet he appreciates what he's what's happened in Auburn, but I I think he sees Auburn. I, I I guarantee if you asked him, under truth serum, he's still a VFL in his heart, and an Auburn guy right now. Auburn for now. Um, you, you're talking about Stephen Pearl. I I don't think I can think of anybody that has benefited from nepotism more than him. He hasn't done. You can at least say Dooley worked with Saban. You can say a couple of other guys made their own way. That guy's done. I mean, he he played basketball when Gerard Maiman should have played. He should have never seen the court. He gets hired as a, I mean, he is a, he graduates from, well, you, you and I had that. I mean, Phil and I got bumped from a Saturday show. Uh, to a different time. Oh, that's right. He did. He bumped because, you guys uh, on a radio show. Yeah, because of JPay, my because boy. Because Mercedes of Knoxville, and there's no sour grapes here. Mercedes of Knoxville wanted to spend some money on the kid mm-hmm. and, and and put up a show for him on mm-hmm. what was it 1180s. That was that where mm-hmm. we were. Mm-hmm. And so so there, and he 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 totally failed at that. I mean, I mean, good grief! If I can be a part of something, I mean, it can't be that hard. And then he goes down to. Uh, he goes you have down a good memory, Cinco. That's a. I I forgot all about that. The Stephen Pearl Hour, Stephen Pearl yeah, Sunshine and then, and then, Hour. And then and then when and then here's another thing. And and the guys that you talk about a great staff. Uh, Pearl Pearl threw them completely under the bus uh, when he left here. And Tony Jones and Shay and them have, and Forbes have been very gracious not to say anything. Remember those guys? Those guys left and hardly got anything from UT. And uh, and and Bruce just kind of tossed them to the side, and he but he brings but he brings in he brings in Stephen. Well, I'm not sure he could even be a manager on a team. Never left an assistant coach. Woo! What what would he do? You really think that he could be a head? And I appreciate what the guy said. Georgia State, come on, come on. There is no way Stephen Pearl could pull off. Let's see. Go to go to like Forbes. Go to JUCO and see what you can do. No, there's no way that guy. That guy. That guy has absolutely. 
cleaned the scraps well, off his dad's dinner plate his whole life. Watson Brown no better sharpen his pencil. No holds barred on a Wednesday after this. This is Coach Trader's Golf from Columbia Central High School Football. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter. Like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning. Built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the garbage man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. 
This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Noisen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. If you have Medicare and Medicaid, you may be able to get more help to cover your care and costs. A United Healthcare dual complete plan can help you get more benefits than original Medicare. Whether you choose our online tools or over the phone support, United Healthcare will help you compare options so you can choose a plan with confidence. See if you qualify for a United Healthcare dual complete plan. Call 855 UHC MORE. That's 855 UHC MORE. 855 UHC MORE. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. It's a Wednesday with the great Watson Brown. We have had, um, Watson, as I bring you in, there's a piece of uh, movement here that I'm going to get your thoughts on. Sean Sinclair and myself have marveled about how college football somehow managed to take a holiday in February and ruin it with an early signing period that, when it happened, made no sense. Seeing it for three or four years in action has made very little sense. The American Football Coaches Association is putting forth, this is according to Pete Thamel. Uh, and Watson, by the way, welcome in. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you doing? Man, that early signing period thing... I guess it seemed like a good idea. Putting the thing in the middle of a college football playoff, and now you're going to have a 12-team playoff, makes about little sense. It makes no sense whatsoever, if you ask me. I mean, I, I don't. I do away with it. And what they did, from what I've understood, is they moved it up again. Yeah, here more. we go. Here we go. This is what we're going to talk about. Yeah, and I would just do away with it. Or I'd do one in the summer. What the coaches want, you're going to like this. What the coaches want, this is what they should have done the whole time. They have a three-period model that's been developed by the CCAs, that's the football coaches, that may allow prospective student-athletes to sign uh, letters of intent earlier. The first NLI National Letter of Intent signing period would be a three- or seven-calendar-day period beginning the last Wednesday in June. Now, that makes great sense to me because that moves National Signing Day to a time period where we could all get out and barbecue and celebrate who just signed. That that makes absolute sense to me. Now, the coaches want that because they're also doing a preponderance of the recruiting Watson uh, with these altered calendars in the spring. That makes too much sense, Watson, for them to adopt that. Your thoughts on that idea? Well, in, in essence, that to me it makes real sense because as we've all grown up in the business, you, you're heavy recruiting where you're really getting into the kids till they started getting commitments as sophomores and juniors was the spring. That was when it really went after it, and then you held on to them in the fall, and then you'd 
you know, and then you might be fighting a couple at the end, right at the end when when of February. But most of the time it was done at the bigger schools. When I was at Oklahoma, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, uh, those kind of places, it was basically you were done in the fall. There was probably two or three kids that are still not committed or whatever that are hanging on that, are, that were really good players. But most of the really good ones wanted to get it over with. And to me, that makes total sense. Only thing they better make sure they do is tie it around the NIL. And I'd like to see the young, the, the freshman sign before the NIL, the, that, that fall NIL bunch, because I think it's hurting the freshman. Think about this. If they're, they're getting the NIL kids before they get the freshmen, they get they get all hammered up and one, and so they take too many, and then they don't have enough scholarships at the end for the freshmen. And I don't like that. I don't like that at all. So I would have the freshmen, the incoming freshmen, signed before the NIL. That's what I would do myself because I think that's better for the freshman class what, what and you, high school kids coming out. What you're saying is before the transfer portal activity begins, right? That's what you're talking about. Yeah, that's really that's what I'm – Yeah, that's what – That's the, what yeah. I think makes common sense because what we're doing here is we're hurting high school kids. They're, they're not getting the number of scholarships they've been getting because everybody's running out and going crazy in the NIM, and then all of a sudden here comes the freshman signing date, and they, ooh, we don't have very many scholarships left. And they back out of freshman. So they call and say, I'm sorry, I know you've been committed, but we can't take you. We, we just don't have the number. I mean, I don't like that whatsoever. And so I'd love to see the freshmen taken care of some way, not just the coaches through this. Sean Sinclair, your thoughts on this proposal from the football coaches that want to see a change to the calendar? I come from it from a different perspective. I, I, I will believe that Coach Brown has always – cared about the players and i truly i truly believe that uh but not i question how many do uh haven't seen it up close uh they've tried to implement these changes in signing days um to to correspond to the the coaches calendars and they always say it's about the kid the high school kid which is nonsense because they you know they they uh, the way this works is, if you'll remember, the downfall of Joe Paterno, Paterno in Penn State happened because he kept getting so many local players to commit during their junior years. And a lot of those guys did not mature or, or, or pan out their senior years. And Joe Paterno was a classy guy, and he kept them on scholarship. And so they got to Penn State, and then they didn't, you know, all the uh, they had all the scholarships taken up with a bunch, with some guys that didn't materialize. Now I know that college coaches could, and not speaking about Coach Brown, but if you if you moved it to before their senior year or, or earlier in the year, and a kid broke his leg, or a kid didn't pan out, or he got beat out and wasn't playing, that kid is not going to be on that college roster. It's not going to happen. They will get quote-unquote processed. I, I hate that people have to hear that ugliness, but that's a fact. And you're still not going, no matter when you change the college uh, signing day, you're not going to change tampering. So a kid no. could sign, take a look at the kids, the saying kid who was going to go to Alabama, all of a sudden a coach uh, saved and leaves, and he can leave 
and he ends up at Ohio State. That same stuff's going to happen. So what was wrong with the February signing date and leave it at as is? Watson, what do you say to that? What's what, the, the I, February I date? What, Go ahead. What, what Sean is saying is all true. Uh, it is all true. I've, I've many, many times seen coaches also let a guy go the day, the night before signing day, and he's been committed to that school for four months or five months or whatever. I, Sean's right. He's absolutely right, and I don't, I don't know that trying to get a high school date would make them uh, keep the kid more. I, they, I think they keep them a little more right now because they know they can have them gone in a year with this transfer portal thing now. So I think it's easier on them. So, so what I think is happening, Sean and, and, and Tony, is it's easy now to make a mistake and get away with it. In the old days, you couldn't make a mistake and get away with it. And if you were a guy that believed in keeping your kids, if the kid's giving all he's got and, and, and he's giving you everything he can, but he's not playing for you, he's just not good enough, I didn't cut that kid. Now, sometimes they might leave because they're not playing. But I didn't cut that kid because I always said, hey, this is our fault. This ain't his fault. Well, that those days are gone. There is no such thing. But what's happened to help the coaches, guys, is the guy comes in. He's not what they thought he is. He's gone. He's gone in six months. He's out of there in December. Uh, so, uh, honestly, Sean is right. Um, I do, I've said all along, and I've said it on your show, I would do away with early signing date and not have one, period, just February. February is it. If you want an NIL date some way, you want that, okay. I, I understand because these kids got to get in school before February. If they're coming from the fall and they're coming to spring to Tennessee, they got to get in school. So they got to sign to be able to get in school. And if they wait till February, then they, then they can't come till the summer. So, I understand this NIL thing, but it, I would leave the high school thing. I don't like the early signing date. I didn't like it. When I first started coaching, there was an early signing date, and I didn't like it. We're, 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 I didn't like it for coaches. We were recruiting every weekend during the season. You're, you're bringing kids. You're bringing 20 and 30 kids in on every home game, and you're going out with them before on Friday nights. You're, you're with them on Saturday mornings before the game. You're eating supper with them after the game. Uh, that. I hated that. So I'm not sure Sean didn't hit some things, but he is totally right about coaches. And I'm not patting myself on the back because there are a lot of people like me too, but there sure are a bunch of them that just going to do what's best for the program and not what's best for the kid or not even 50-50 with the kid in the program. They're just going to take care of themselves and the program and, and the heck with the kid. And I heard a lot of coaches say, Tony, through the times, they'll say, well, the kid leaves me. He'll back out of a commitment with me. I, I don't think that's a two-way street. I just don't. don't. If a coach makes a commitment, I think you ought to stick with it. Well, kind of like you said last week when we were talking about Eli Drinkowitz's behavior, it's like, well, a kid's a kid. A coach yeah. is supposed to be – you're an adult. It's supposed yeah. to be different there, Chief. But anyway, I always love when, when coaches say, well, kids do it. But you're not a kid. I mean, no. I, I don't know how to any other way to put. You're not. I used to tell people that all the time on here when they would, when they would justify running people off. I'd say, well, kids, but kids are kids. I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, let's do this. We're going to keep it legal, quick legal ID, and then we continue our conversation with Watson. Give me ten seconds. So we're talking with Watson Brown regarding the 
proposal from the football coaches. The second leg of it is this. So you got an early signing period. The first uh, National Letter of Intent signing period, they want to occur. Um, this is according to Pete Thamel. Uh, l- the last Wednesday in June, which I could foresee in my mind as that becoming a national holiday for football fans. You're getting ready to get back into college football. Sean um, uh, came with a with a great aside on it. Watson thinks if you're going to have that, that's a good place to have it. Second one would be, second National Letter of Intent signing period would be a three to seven calendar day period beginning the Wednesday following your regular season. So let's think about what this means. The regular season ends. Championship game week is taking place. You've got a three to seven day window in there to sign other guys, the loose guys that are kind of running around in the world. Watson, what do you think of that idea if they go to this one? Because they're going to do a three prong deal now. The third one is the regular national letter of intent signing period for those that can't make up their minds the first Wednesday in February. Through April 1st, Watson, a window of several, several weeks. Um, your thoughts? I don't, I, I, don't, I don't think that's good for the families. I don't think it's good for the kid. There's got to be a point in time say, hey, you got to make up your mind. Let's go. You keep giving them another two and three months. you got to keep recruiting that kid. I don't know that there's going to be that many of those left out there anyway. I think the good ones are gone, and there might be just a few that got late scholarship offers and they're trying to make up their mind or or whatever. The one I don't like at all, and I don't know, does are they talking NIL and high school kids? Is that what this is? This is a high school thing. So that, this it's is not all, NIL at all. No, well, obviously high school kids can have NIL. You're thinking of the uh, transfer portal. This Where is, is the separate. transfer portal? The transfer portal, uh, let's see how this works. That's not in this is this what is I'm This is not saying, in right? this. This is high school kids. So, and, I, and I, don't, I don't like anything that close to the season because I just don't think it's fair to the player or the coach because it's hard to spend enough time with them. You're trying to get ready to win a football game, man. And, it, and it's one thing to call a kid on the phone with three months left to signing date in February and you might speak to him for five minutes on the phone. It's another when he's a you're trying to get him to commit and sign in the two weeks. So what you're having to do during the season, I don't like that at all. And I think it might hurt the game because these coaches need to be coaching, Tony. And what they're doing at night in those offices is very important stuff, man. Very important stuff. And it needs to be a one-thought process. How are we going to beat Alabama if we're Tennessee, man? And I just don't like that. That's me. I'm a pure coach, and I don't like that at all. I don't want my coaches in another room and then come back in and say, okay, now where are we now? Where, how far have we gotten on what we're talking about here in, in third and short this weekend? You know, I don't like that. I don't like it at all. I had a basketball coach tell me that what's going on in their sport, Watson, and the, NI, the uh, NCA and their infinite wisdom, which we saw on full display, by the way, here in uh, Knoxville the last several weeks, but they are preparing for NCAA tournament games, okay? Try this on for size. They get word that a kid on their roster is talking to XYZ. They've got to worry about 
how they're going to use this kid in this game, how to re-recruit a kid that they've got a coach, and the fact that every other program in America is moving around them while while they're worried about beating somebody in a tournament that everybody says Rick Barnes can't win in. Now, what there makes any sense that they would have an open period going on while the NCAA tournament's going on? Does that make any sense to you, Watson, at all? Does that make any sense? There's no common sense involved in that whatsoever, Tony, to me. Zero. I don't, I don't get it. I, I must be a, a, I'm becoming dumber as I get. The older I get, it must be getting worse because some of these things I'm hearing, I just don't, I don't get. I don't, I don't get some of the, the young thoughts to me. I just, I don't understand. I, I like things regimented. I promise you, Coach Barnes is the same way. Sure. We, we do this at this Guardrails. time. We do this at this time. We do this yes. at this time. Yes. Uh, I can remember always having an hour left at night where I would say to the guys, okay, we're stopping right here. Everybody, you got an hour right here to call all your kids and say hi to them this week or whatever. I mean, I got, I was even that regiment. And so, and if you want me to get on with you when you call the kid, cause you, we, in those days, he couldn't call him as a once a week call. And whoever's going to get on that phone, that one call, you got on together to talk to the, to the kid. I just don't, I don't like things where you're, you don't have control of what you're doing. And somebody else is controlling what you're doing. Don't like that, Watson. I think fans want that as well. Fans they should. Want, fans they want, want the clarity. Best team they can see out. Yeah, there. and they want clarity. Like when I watch the NFL, we know the NFL schedule. I'm going to have the season. Then I'm going to have an evaluation period, which is going on now. Then I'm going to have these camps that are the the that appear on these college campuses where I'm timing everybody, and yep. then I'm going to have the draft. Then I'm going to have a mini camp. Then I'm going to have this. Then I'm going to have training camp. Then I'm going to have a. I understand my schedule. College football, I do this for a living, okay? And somebody says to me, well, they've reopened the, this transfer a couple weeks ago. Well, they've reopened this transfer window, and I'm on the air going, huh? I mean, Watson, you know, I'd like to get on here prepared. I'm embarrassed that I don't know. How's a fan supposed to know when I don't know? And I'm doing it for a living. And by the way, I'm not alone. Uh, I always loved it when say, well, this good. And and I wanted a lot of those schools. I was an assistant in a couple of them. But I always loved it when they'd say, Tony, well, he wins because they win all the time there anyway. You know, well, he's in Oklahoma. He, he, they're going to win anyway. That's a bunch of bull because I've also seen them go to Alabama and lose. That's right. And and turn that program back the other way fast when it don't work. You still got to be good at what you do. I don't care where you're at. You might be win more games where you are than being somewhere else. But you don't win games if you don't do it the right way. And, and I mean, coach them for, thoroughly the right way. And the NFL has left college football, man. They They've got it. But look at how the, we're in this NIL right now having no clue what no clue. we're doing. No we, clue. We've got to sue the NC2A for this or that. No clue. And, and the NFL has got, they've got regimented ways they go about it with free agency and everything. And uh, till, till the NC2A or somebody, I don't think it'll be the NC2A. I think it'll be uh, these conferences getting together and having a commissioner and getting all this worked out. And, uh, so they get this NIL money under control, Tony. 
it, it don't. It's not going to matter. It's going to be wild. It's going to be wild. And sooner or later, somebody's going to come in and say, "Okay, here's what we're going to do with this." And there are laws that are laid down, and it's going to it's going to be something similar to what the NFL's done for years. They've done it with trial and error. Why would you not look at those guys and say, "I believe they know what they're doing. They've been through this." Sean Sinclair, I'll make you take a stand here. You got two choices, okay? Because that's what we're talking about here. I like your idealism of we're going to go back to February, but that's never going to happen. So I'm going to give you the current format, which is signing day around December, and I'm going to come to Watson for this as well, or what they're proposing, which is, once again, a three- to seven-calendar day period beginning the last Wednesday in June where you sign the kids that want to sign, and then the second and uh, the second signing period will occur three to seven calendar day period beginning the Wednesday following college football's regular season. And then the rest of the rest can sign uh, the first Wednesday in February through April 1 or what we're currently doing, which is right around Christmas time and then the whatever's left on the on that Wednesday. Which Which model's better, Sean, if you had to choose between the two? Well, Coach is right in that if you give a kid multiple options, it'll screw things up. If you can't figure out where you want to go out of five schools, uh, you know, goofy commitment, goofy career. Now, I don't know about all this. They're just, they're just kicking the can down the road trying to get three things so they can appease everybody, get everyone off the bank. Best thing to do, one, Keep the signing day in February. That clears every spring semester in college. Where every transfer kid at another school. Not a choice. They're not doing that. Sean, they're not going back. So you got to choose between one of those two models. This is a debate. Well, then then you've confused me because I don't even know who's signing in June. Is that a rising senior? Is that a yes? Is that a is that a senior yes. that's already expired? That's is, a rising. That's a rising senior. They're going to move the calendar so that the rising senior can sign in June now. A summer signing period. Any, if I was about. a head coach, there is no way I would sign uh, uh, even a quarter of my class before their senior year. There's no way you can do the the background work you need to do to find out. See, this is this is what happened. This all I talk about Joe Paterno. I don't know if your brother got into this. This is what happened to Texas as well. At the in the University of Texas, they would already after the after the signing day, they would almost have all of their signing class for the next year pretty much wrapped up before spring football, and then they would just be committed. And a lot of those guys were from country clubs, and they were from the uh, the prominent boosters around Texas, et cetera. And Texas lost their way because they stopped recruiting Jersey Village and Houston. They stopped recruiting Dallas. They were recruiting all these kids from suburbs. And it never worked out. But I don't know. When your brother got there, it's probably dead. I mean, he was a, he's a, he is a one of the best recruiters of all time, uh, Tim Brewster and all those guys. But it may not affect him. That's what led to, to those guys going down. Your your question is like saying, do I want to eat Brussels sprouts or do I want to eat liver? But that's where we are. Well, well, but but okay. But that's the chef here is the NCA, and they can screw up anything. So I, I don't know. You, I, I stand by. If, okay, I can't have my way. The more the more options you give a kid, the more nonsense you're going to see. And I rest my case with that. What do you think, Watson? 
He, he he's uh, Sean's dead right. Now. The the suit, the, what you what they're putting out there, I don't like either either way. I don't like it. So it, it'd be hard for me to vote for any of those. But here's what Sean just nailed it. I watched it happen. Everybody's trying to beat the other guy, and so all of a sudden they're taking kids out of camps. And a guy comes into camp as a sophomore, and they love him, and they offer him. And then they come in and before their junior year even starts, and they love them and they offer them. And so they, all these guys could sign in June, and that's why these coaches are saying that. And what a big mistake that is. And I've had many coaches tell me that. I was never at one of the schools during that time. I was at a lower-level school. I wasn't at to Texas or somewhere to where I got into that because we couldn't. We couldn't compete with that. But that's what's happened to college football is they, they're they they're taking kids before they're even matured enough to really know what they're going to be. So here's what, what would go down, Sean. They'd take a kid as a sophomore. Well, all of a sudden, he don't get one bit bigger, don't get one bit faster as a senior because they're saying, well, look at him now. What's he going to be by then? And, and now they got a problem. And some of them back out of them late, and some of them would just take them, and, and, and it would knock their program down. You can't just take kids at a young age. And the second thing I totally don't agree with is taking kids in a camp and not watching them play football, blocking and tackling, and all you got to do with that kind of stuff. And taking them, out of flag, taking them out of flag football, man, I mean, how in the world are you going to get it right most of the time when you do that? So, but that's the reason this June thing's come up, guys, because a lot of them think they're already ready. They're going to take their guys in June and be fine. They don't need to watch Coach, them plan their senior year. It's crazy. Coach, y'all, let me add to that, and you know this will be true, too, is, is, and I'll put it on the player side. If a kid, every kid that can go to Texas or Tennessee is the best player in the community, period, and it's not even yeah. close. And so they've been a celebrity their whole life growing up if they stayed in that community. Everybody passes them along. Every one of those kids doesn't have to work because the high schools need the kids. If you sign a kid in June before his senior year, one, like Coach said, he's not going to work hard because you can't afford an injury. You can't afford to lose an NIL thing. And then also what's going to happen, everything trickles down from college, from pros to the college. You're going to have high school seniors opting out of their class, opting out of their their senior season because they don't want to get hurt because XYZ has a million dollar NIL offer from University of wherever. That will happen. And that's going to well, destroy football. Well, yeah, you're, you're dead right. It did happen. It happened through COVID. They got the opportunity because they saw other people doing it and a bunch of them didn't play their senior years because they already knew where they were going to go and just use COVID as the reason, but I don't think that was totally the reason. And you're dead right. That's why I just think that the biggest mistake made in college football in recruiting up till now with with this NIL and transfer portal, up till now the biggest mistake that was made was taking these kids out of camps at a young age and not watching them play football. But look at basketball. Well, I was an AD at the two places, and I, I got into that because of my, I was seeing what my coaches were doing. Lord, a lot of these kids weren't even playing their seniors of basketball. They're taking them off of AAU teams. Moving them around, yep. They're, mo- they're, take- yes. they're taking kids and signing them off of AAU yes. teams, and the, and the high school coach wasn't even involved in it. I remember talking to one of my head coaches. I say, 
you haven't talked to the high school coach? He said, Coach, basketball's a little different now. The high school coach don't have anything to do with this anymore. And I said, wow, where are we headed? Yeah, I haven't talked to a high school coach in 20 years is basically what they were saying. Yeah, it's um, – it, it is to me, so don't yeah. don't get me started. But, but, but Watson, but these guys want to change, though. Why yeah. won't they just go back? I'm with you guys, okay? You made me king. We go back and have our we'd have our celebration day back in February, which makes a lot of sense. Why won't they do that? Why are these football coaches wanting to do this thing in the spring? Why? Because they love to get recruiting over with before the fall. And then maybe in the fall, all you deal with is NIL kids. That's what they're trying to do. But they you, you and Sean say this is unintended consequences, though, because what they're going to do is they're going to recruit a bunch of guys in the spring that they're going to end up cutting anyway, which is what you guys are saying. That's what we're doing. Uh, and, they, and they legally can now. They're gone in six months. Yeah, that's what they're going to do. They're gone in six months. So it's okay to make a mistake now. Where in the old days, you had to live with that mistake unless you wanted a bunch of kids cut. And yeah. a lot of kids, a lot of coaches did that so that's when the apr showed up to get them to stop doing that that's yeah mm-hmm. so that's so my exactly analogy is the apr it, showed up like it did thinking on top of my head here it's like a shopping spree you're going into the store and you're putting as much stuff in your buggy as you can and then you get out in the parking lot and you go okay what did i just put in my, i don't even know what's in here we had to go so well, fast you, i don't even know what's here tony you're dead right and you got another buggy racing right beside you yes we're it's all going to shove as much. Said. Everybody's in there in that buggy right beside you. Yeah. And then you walk out and say, oh, God, we got it. Oh, Lord, we didn't get this one. I mean, it's crazy. It's been crazy for a long time, and this has been my pet peeve, so that's why I'm, I'm kind of losing it here a little bit. But I've, I've just not liked the way college football has gone, and it's kind of followed college basketball. You, you make yeah. your decision before a kid ever plays a game in his senior year. Sometimes before he plays a game in his junior year, and I'm I'm telling you, and now the big thing is they're wanting these kids in school in January, so they're speeding up the kids, getting them out of high school, yep. making them load up on the classes, yes. not getting to enjoy their senior year like yes. you used to could, yes, and because we want them on the campus by January. Well, I mean, this whole thing is not kid oriented, in my opinion. Sean had a really great point about. The, you think back to your senior year in high school. I think back to mine. We all think back to ours. These kids say they don't even get that. And Sean made a great point, which is it's such an investment now for these families, the pressure that's put on these young people that we just can't even understand. Watson, you were an incredibly elite athlete as a kid. You were recruited by Alabama. You've told us about that. I had a guy send me a handwritten letter that I need to show you about watching you and your 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 prowess on the field and the impression that you made on him i need to i need to get that in your hands you will love that he tells it's like an oral history of watching you you'll get a kick out of that yeah that today that kid well, watson browns brown baseball players too and watson brown yeah. doesn't he doesn't play today there's a chance because there's so much money tied to him that he might not be out on the field because we don't want to get our investment hurt that's a really kind of twisted thing we've done the sport here watson well and and how is that good in teaching a kid how to act how to fit in an environment i mean that going into that senior year with your team and, and goals and working together to reach those goals our, our team won the state championship senior year and to think that you would walk out of that and and their kids are because they're getting pressured to do that 
it's not that the kid just wants to do that. He's getting pressure to do that now. Well, we're going to take you, but we want you here in January. We're not going to take you if you're it's if you really can't come in January. It's really. I'm telling you now. It's it's. There's enough. I shouldn't even the sixties. The pressure of where I was going to decide to go, and so many people after me, and visiting so many places, and the pressure on the family, and and it wasn't even talked about day to day. That nobody knew where I'd committed. It what that you didn't do that in those days. I'd committed to Alabama, backed out, and went to Vanderbilt, and. But in today's world, these kids now, it's on them every day. Every day. Well, what are you thinking today? Where are you visiting this weekend? Blah, blah, blah. And the pressure that I remember feeling, we've got to take care of these kids in some way. You can't just keep putting it on the kid. They're 17 years old, and a lot of them, 17 years old, they're not even 18 yet. And, and to put this on them and making them make these kind of decisions, Tony, I just, man... I don't know. I'm one of the few, and I guess it's easy for me to do now because I'm out. You know, I'm out. I'm not in it anymore. But I just don't think we're making decisions that are good for for these young kids. I don't. Watson Brown, you happen to be the man. I love you. I appreciate you. Uh, thanks for because I sent you a list of what we were going to discuss. We'll get into that next week. But you got to call an audible uh, when you have something <laughs> like this fall in your lap because truly wow. we're talking about what is going to shape a sport that we all love in college yeah. football and what is the right way to proceed? And I think you guys had handled that very well. Oh, it's nice to be on with y'all because you, you know what you're talking about. Don's, Don's so right on a lot of it because he, he feels a lot like I do. And I just worry about the kid, guys. It's Because it, 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 we don't take care of the kid in the proper way and raise him the proper way. And let him grow in the proper way. Then the then the game's going to get hurt. If you hurt the kid, you're going to hurt the game in the long run. So, look out. Thank you, Watson. Great talking to you. Okay, guys. See ya. And Cinco, you would not be pinned down on that because you were like, "Look, you're giving me a false choice," which I can respect that. But these guys are going to do something, Sean. And for some reason, they're not going to go back to the old way. They're just not. Well, when you you have to respectfully. You have to realize that everything that comes down for the NCAA from coaches is for their benefit. They say it's about the kid, but you go back and look, it's not. It's absolutely not for the kid. Because then if you, okay, so we've got kids that are going in, um, that are the majority of your class or, the, or at least half your class now and most of the big schools are coming in the, after uh, December of their senior year of high school. Well, you keep pushing it forward, and you're going to have guys like we've had in basketball, the guys that reclassify. Yep, and Barnes. Now all of a sudden, yep. now all of a sudden yep. I mean, it's one thing to be a mental genius and go to college early. Yes. But when you're a junior in high school, yep. and then you're going into college, and then you don't kind of look, we've had, right or wrong, in, in, with our current basketball coach, we've had at least two guys that come in here early, reclassify, didn't make it for maturity reasons, physical reasons, work at whatever the reason. Their lives may have been totally different if they would have gotten. That was their choice. You can't tell me those kids weren't influenced greatly to get out early. You're going to see the same thing with football. And it's even worse than football because it's a much more physical sport than basketball. It's just not a good idea. They Keep it in February. Have one signing day. 
be done with it. If you want to graduate early, fine. You can have your mock, you can have your mock signing day. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way. Just show up. That would take care of your, your NIL transfer people at the end of the school. They would all be able to get into class. The, the, the coaches would know exactly what's available to them in the high school, what they need. You could have all, just like the old days, you have five visits. You could take those all through January or the end of December. Why make this so complicated? It doesn't serve anybody. But the coaches. Well, no, I, I think that if you ask the coaches, well, here's the thing. There used to be a thought of an early signing. Let, let's not, here's the deal behind the early signing period. It was never about getting the kids uh, the pressure off the back. What this really was was for schools and states that dominate the state and have a lot of talent. What they could do, at legacies, et cetera, they could get the kids that all they knew about was University of Georgia, University of Tennessee. That's where they thought they were going. And the schools thought, hey, if we had an early signing period, we could get those kids in before they blow up and then they become part of the recruiting market. That was the whole deal behind an early signing period. And what it fell in part it was is that, okay, now once the kids had the early signing period, well, then what happened? Well, then it became the 10 and 2s and 2 at 10s. Then all of a sudden, these kids that didn't sign early became overvalued, way overvalued, because you needed those kids now because you struck out in the early signing period. And it just got to be a bunch of chaos. And, and look, as... As um, Coach O once said, I don't care what your rule is. Just give me the rule so I can figure out how to make loopholes around it. <laughs> I mean. That's exactly what he said. Make any rule you want, but you give me some time so I can figure out the loopholes. It's uh, very interesting. If you want to get in on that discussion, 865-200-5402. Also, Bruce Pearl's in town tonight. Will this be? Will this be the final time that he coaches the Auburn Tigers in Thompson Bowling Arena? I think, I think that's a possibility. Um, I think he wants from Auburn, as we had a guest on last hour, he, his ask of them is going to be at the end of this, if in fact Indiana or Louisville can get to the point where he gets an offer in his hand or something close to that, I think he goes to them and says, you got to make my son the next coach if you want me to stay here. And I don't think Auburn's going to do that. I know I would not do that if I were Auburn. Now, you play the tape forward for them. The easy thing to do would be to do that, and then you just let his son go after a year and pay him some money. Which is a great question, Brian Hartman. If you're Auburn and you're in that spot and they come to you, don't you do that? Don't you just pay him lip service? If you want to keep him and he's red hot and the program's rolling and everybody's happy and you're that athletic director and you're practical and he's got an offer in hand from either a Louisville or an Indiana or somebody else, who knows, uh, and he's got leverage on you, don't you just say, yeah, coach, we'll do that, and then you just let his kid go after a year? I wouldn't do it, but... That makes you think. It does make you think. That that, that makes you really think. Yeah, I was talking I, with I would, Wyatt. About I, it there's last no night. way I'd do that. I was talking because I was asking because after I got that thing, I said to Wyatt, "Have you heard? Yeah, 
heard this. It's kind of a scuttlebutt in the coaching community, kind of like Jerry Stackhouse telling people a couple weeks ago that he had that lady down there, the AD, talked into he was going to stay, blah, blah, blah. And, again, these things change, but the Indiana deal over the weekend apparently became untenable for the guy that's there losing to Penn State twice in a season with a, with a literally a roster full of gypsies because they lost their coach to Notre Dame. There's no way Indiana should lose once to them, let alone twice. But if and, and and we had our Auburn guest on Jay Tate last hour, who said it's a it is the it is the worst kept secret here that that Bruce Pearl wants a succession plan with his son. That's the worst. Kept, he said it's just a not even a secret. It's just out there. So Bry, wouldn't the smart play be for that new AD since the old AD Alan Green's now here overseeing football? Wouldn't the smart play be just to look at to look at Pearl and just lie to him and go, yeah, sure, we'll do that. And then after a year, you know, you just get the money together. And Well, if you made him coach for a year and let him go because his record wasn't very good, you, you wouldn't lie. That's it right. It would be a lie. That's right. Behind the scenes. And then if the guy, you know, blows up and he's great, then you've got another Pearl coaching. And the chances of that happening, though, one thing we've seen from coaching, name me the last guy who's a son of a coach who's good at it, great at it. Pat Knight was not good at it. Richard Patino's not good at it. He's been to multiple stops. He's proven himself. I mean, no offense I, to him. New Mexico's having a pretty good year this year. Yeah, I think they're going to okay. make the tournament. I mean, he's at a place that always wins. I think Joey Meyer was okay, wasn't he? Nah, not really. Maybe you're right. I, I was just trying to think. Yeah, I mean, Eric Musselman was an example of maybe – Somebody who, but he was not. The difference with Musselman and his father is that he was a dirt, like Sean said, he was a dirt dauber that had to come up the hard scrabbled way that made his own path. When you go like Pat Knight, when you go with Dad, and you're sitting on Dad's staff, and then I turn the keys over to you. No offense, but that's just not going to work. You have not live dad's life you have not made the mistakes in the smaller ranks you, you haven't experienced that quote unquote you didn't build the business and it's hard it's hard just it's just interesting and then that's i think that's where there's a decent chance that's where auburn's going to end up here and how they play that but in the meantime we've got a really intriguing game tonight and my question for you is this We've discussed a lot today, a lot, a lot. And now I want to hear some great phone calls. When you think back to Bruce Pearl's time here, a hero, a villain, or a little bit of both. When you think about the football recruiting situation, you think back to National Signing Day as it was, a national holiday where we used to gather from coast to coast, toast and celebrate the kids that were there, and then what they're proposing now, which is going off that early de- that that late December thing, and going to a model where, to the rising seniors, the first signing period is moved to the third week. Did I say the third week in June, guys? I don't have that in front of me now. Third week in June. So right before the media media days kicked the thing off, third week in June, 
Then the second signing period is after the season ends, the regular season. And then the third signing day is back in February where it used to be. For some reason, you still have that there. How does that grab you? Then another thing we'll get into, and we continue. Tennessee's got four games left. We'll go around the room, and then I want to hear from you. we got four games left. What's a record going to be in the four games? This one, Alabama down there. Uh, Alabama hadn't lost there. They even come close to losing there. And they play two different games. They go on the road and get blown out by these, by the good teams. They put it on teams in their building. And Sonny Smith said, don't fool yourself. That is a home court dependent style of play they have, and they're hell in that building. That's what he was sharing with us yesterday. He said, you got, you got, he was like, you know, you kind of have to be there to sort of appreciate it, the vibe of what they do to people when you go into their building. So you've got that one. You've got at South Carolina, who's got a win in Knoxville. And then you've got a kind of a dangerous Kentucky team that showed why they're dangerous last night. Kentucky is capable of self-emulating at any moment. Uh, they're also capable of doing what they did last night, which is doing brilliant things while they're doing stupid things and beating a pretty good team on the road. In Mississippi State, if I'm not mistaken, did we, we lost there, didn't we, Bri? Did we lose Mississippi State? Yes. There? Yeah. Yeah, that's yes, they did. So Kentucky back in January. You know, Kentucky won in a pretty decent place last night, and now they're starting to rack up road wins. Now they've got a win over Auburn on the road. They've got a win over Mississippi State on the road, and people don't beat people on the road in this league. So now all of a sudden that Kentucky game at the end of the year is starting to look, Matt Dixon, close your ears, like a little more difficult of a proposition, even though Kentucky night in and night out does things that kind of make you go, what what is Cal doing? So a lot of interesting stuff out there to discuss. I want to hear from you. We'll do it right after this. This is Trip Stoltz with Columbia Ace Hardware. I love listening to 101.7 WKOM-FM, Columbia, Tennessee. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hello, this is Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. Garnets begin the year as January's birthstone. Garnets are also the gemstone that are traditionally gifted for a second wedding anniversary. Here at Tillis Jewelry, we have a variety of garnets to fit your budget, whether you prefer vintage or modern. Next time you visit us, be sure to mention this ad and receive 10% off your purchase. You deserve something new to begin the new year. Follow us at Facebook and Instagram. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. 
Brown's Body Shop, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin, is here to serve Murray and Williamson County. We have over 50 years of business with all the experience combined. All insurance claims, as well as unibody and frame repairs and glass claims are welcomed. Call today for selected insurance companies, 931-381-4915 Columbia, and Franklin, 615-794-1959. Or check us out at www.brownsbodyshop.com. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. This is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager at Columbia Ace Hardware. We have changed our store hours to better serve our community. Columbia Ace Hardware is now open from 7 to 7, Monday through Friday, from 8 to 4 on Saturday, and closed on Sunday. Come see us at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard and let us show you customer service that can only be found at Columbia Ace Hardware. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Hey, this is Seth Moss at Tennessee Valley Equipment, a premier FAE Prime Tech, Bandit, and Surex dealer. We are your dealer for all of your land clearing and forestry mulching needs. We sell equipment, provide repair service, and parts along with a rental fleet of mulching equipment. We also offer mulching teeth, blades, and sharpening. Our number one priority is getting you up and running as quickly and affordable as possible. Tennessee Valley is located at 300 Santa Fe Pike in wonderful Columbia, Tennessee. Stop by or give us a call today at 931-981-9812. Minutes matter when you call 911 for a heart attack, and Murray Regional Health is ready to care for you. Utilizing the -the state-of-the-art cardiac cath lab at Murray Regional Medical Center, our team of expert cardiologists and experienced clinical professionals are equipped to investigate heart conditions quickly and perform life-saving interventional procedures. Go to murrayregional.com slash heart to learn more. And remember, always dial 911 when you or someone near you is experiencing heart attack symptoms. Murray Regional Health, where clinical excellence meets compassionate care. 
In Tuscaloosa, we live by the blue-collar basketball motto. Stepping back, deep three, bottom. Hard work. Two on one, driving, stepping through, tough shot, got it to go. Dedication. Front court to the rack. Oh! And teamwork. Play the song for the champions of the Southeastern Conference. Join us for every game right here on your home for Alabama basketball. Right here, Saturdays on WKOM 101.7 FM. Debbie Matthews Realtor and her husband Jason, who is a pro songwriter, also own a music publishing company. They live in historic downtown Columbia with their dogs. Dog rescue work is their passion project. They consider Middle Tennessee their backyard and their lives are full of all things Tennessee. Debbie says there is no greater honor than to help someone find a home. To be trusted with that job, there is no greater privilege. Call Debbie at the Nashville Realty Group, 615-476-3224, 615-476-3224. It's February and love is in the air all month. There's no better time to find your perfect match than this month with Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. From now until February 29th, get a free UV light when you purchase select new HVAC systems from Hiller. It's the perfect pair for cleaner, healthier air inside. You'll never be more in love with your home. Find your perfect match today at happyhiller.com. Happy UV or the service is free. Call the happy face truck today. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Tony, be back with you. That's a, that's almost, um, what is that? The beginning of the show today, and then that. It's just kind of uh, endearing. I don't know. I'm going to think of it endearing and not like unprofessional to be away from your microphone for... Oh, I'd get fired for that if I wasn't my own employer. Maybe I'll fire me later. I'll tell you what, as punishment, no TLD logistics overdrive overtime for me today. Let's go to the phones. Well, I'm not doing it. Say? Well, I mean, (laughs) no TLD logistics overdrive overtime for any of us. That's punishment. Rest of the week. Hey, uh, Yes, Brian. Tone, I wanted to mention some famous father-son successful college coaching duos. And then we'll go to the phones. Dick and Tony Bennett. All right. Now, was Tony Bennett on Dick's staff, or was he a player in the NBA? I think he played in the NBA for a while, but go ahead. That's one. John Thompson, Jr. and John Thompson, the third. Uh, the, second, the second one was not successful. Continue. Homer and Scott, Bryce Drew. Did they coach under him? We'll have to look at, because I think both those guys sort of made their own way, which is not what Sean's talking about, but go ahead. Rick and Richard Patino. I don't count that as successful. Continue. Eddie and Scott Sutton. Mm. Scott Sutton. Wow, I forgot about him. Continue. Gene and Murray Bartow. Continue. Ray and Joey Meyer. Continue. And Ralph and Kevin Willard are the ones listed. I wonder if Kevin served under Ralph. We'll have to look that up. He's done an okay job. We were just looking up. He's at Maryland. I, I I knew he was at Seton Hall there, and he did a pretty pretty good job there. In other words, it doesn't happen much. And to Sean's point, the guys that don't go away, um, like the Bennett guy at um at Virginia, I respect the heck out of him. He's the best of the bunch of the guys you just mentioned. He's the best of the bunch. The Drew is very good at Baylor, and I think that um, 
Vanderbilt made a mistake when they fired his brother. They overreacted to that Owen whatever season. I guess when your guy goes Owen eighteen, you got to fire him. But I would imagine if they had a do over, they'd like a do over there because that guy's at Grand Canyon right now and winning, right, Brian? He's out there with your gal Molly Miller. Yeah, that's correct. But here's a question: If Missouri goes Owen nineteen in the SEC, yep. will they fire Dennis Gates? Well, his AD's no longer there to protect him. So let's go back to the phones. Because she lost a political... See, we talk about things behind the margins here on this show. We keep it real. Uh, He lost a political... She lost a political battle with the head coach there. And in the Southeastern Conference, when you pick a fight with a head coach that goes on and has a season that he had, and he holds all the cards on you, you better get out of there. And I told somebody... I talked to somebody last week in the industry told me they encouraged her to get while the getting was good. And she listened to him. So she's at Arizona now. Let's go back to the phones. And I'm speaking of Desiree Reed Francois. As we go back to our phones, hello and welcome into our first call. Hey, Shepardo. What's up, Shepardo? How are you, Sean and Brian, doing? Great, great day on this Wednesday. And I'll say this. Give me the most inclement, nasty, raining sideways day in East Tennessee over the most beautiful sunny day in Gainesville, Florida, any day of the week. Yep. So, uh, Tony, uh, you think that'll happen next year? You think Pearl's going to leave Auburn? No idea. No idea. When you think of Pearl, hero? Is he a hero or a villain? What is he? When you think of Pearl? Villain. Tell me why. Why is he a villain to you? Uh, well, when he came in to Knoxville in his first year, I think he uh, beat the vaults, didn't he, when he was with Auburn? Oh, yeah. And uh, I think he just likes to rub some people the wrong way. I think I'm with Sean. Pearl is 8-6 and six against the Vols. A couple yep. pretty loud wins. Um, and he's won here a few times. He his the biggest win obviously was the one down in Nashville in the finals. The Vols were exhausted. Uh the yeah. Grant and Admiral year. Uh they were absolutely flat out fried after that incredible, incredible Kentucky game the day before. And then Auburn went off and, and, and went to the final four that year. And yeah. uh but I personally have trouble calling Bruce Pearl a villain, because I think that Tennessee's success in hoops, I, he just started the fire here, man. He just did. Yeah. So hey, Josh, uh, Josh, how about this one? How, how about if you wake up and you're a University of Texas basketball fan, oh, and you wow. scan the NCA rankings and you see oh. the University of Tennessee with Rick Barnes at number four, Right below them at number five is Shaka Smart and Marquette. Uh, the the beard guy at Ole Miss, he'll turn that around. He's a great. And then you start scrolling down here, and Texas is not even. They're not. Not only are they not in the top twenty-five, they're not even in others receiving votes. No. I How bet, about uh, that as a failure? Yes, big failure. Tony, uh, do you think the administration regrets firing uh, Barnes at Texas? Oh, obviously. They they let Steve Patterson have the keys there, and Steve Patterson was an unmitigated disaster 
as an athletic director there. He'll go down as one of the worst ADs to ever lace him up, if ADs do lace him up. I mean, people in that industry still laugh at Steve Patterson. Yeah. Tony, uh, do you think uh, War Eagle Karen's going to be at the game tonight? What's a War Eagle Karen? Brian? Do you uh, like- that that would be Bruce Pearl's daughter. <laughs> Karen. <laughs> <laughs> Remember how she uh, made a big deal a few years ago, like fans not acknowledging her? It was really funny. Yeah. She did do that a couple years ago, didn't she, Bri? Did she? What was her stink about, Bri? Do you remember? She was talking about how some of the fans that may have said some, I don't know, mean things to her or something. Was was something along that line? No, it was, it was about that uh, the the court announcer did not acknowledge her father. Head coach. Yeah, and that's it, what it was. Say, Great. Well, they didn't introduce Rick Barnes as head coach either, clown. Cinco has some real unrepentant. Yeah. I got some beef. I got some, some beef, beef today. today. You're you are literally unbelievable. You are uh, picking up for the late great Keith Hatfield. Yes, you are beefing on here. Don't ever put me in a sentence with Keith. You are beefing, Tony. So is that true? If Tennessee is the one or two seed, they get the pick. Which open and region they want to be in, like Memphis or Charlotte? If so, you're the top seed. To the top seed, okay. Yeah. So top if seed, Tennessee did get the one seed, where do you think they'd pick? Charlotte or Memphis? <sighs> I mean, if Tennessee, they want to play in Charlotte. Yeah. And they think they're going to play in Charlotte. I, I would pick Memphis, Tony, because here's why. If Duke, some, if Duke or North Carolina somehow went to Charlotte as well, wouldn't you be worried a little that uh, they would try to buy up all the tickets maybe? Well, that's true. I mean, if North Carolina and Tennessee both end up over there, Tennessee and North Carolina would be a strong ticket. Yeah. Uh, and that's really what they're trying to do now in these first-round regions with that pod system, the first round anyway, is put teams geographically um, where they're more apt to sell tickets, which does make sense to me. That, that, makes, that makes a lot of sense on its face. Brian, the Memphis region, can you look that up? I know that the – because we're, we're, we're thinking ahead to watch parties and making our plans and checking them twice. And, Josh yeah. Moy, I am going to find out if you've been naughty or nice. But, Brian, that um, that Memphis You're region funny. is when? Brian. It is March, March 22nd through the 24th. March 22nd is going to fall on a – Friday. As I get the calendar up here, March 22nd is a Friday. Okay. The 24th is a Sunday. So Friday, Sunday, Friday, Memphis. Sunday, race fans, race fans. Okay, because Tennessee wants to go Thursday, Saturday in Charlotte. That's what they're hoping. Yeah. And with that in mind, they've also, well, I'm not going to say too much, but go ahead. Anything else for us, Josh? I got Tony out the door. Vols are going to get a big win tonight. I think uh, they throttle Auburn because. They're missing a big piece with them. It's uh, that Williams guy. And uh, good teams win, but great teams cover. See ya. Good teams win, great teams cover. Spoken like a man on a heater like Joshy Boy is. And we go back to my favorite thing about my gambling buddies is they only talk about when they win. So we get our next call in. Hello and welcome. You are live on your Basilio show on a Wednesday where Sean Sinclair is coming in hot. 
Hey, Tony, this is Jimmy from Maryville. How are you doing? Hey, Jimmy. Welcome in, brother. Good to talk to you. Yeah, you too. Hey, uh, appreciate the show. I definitely think Pearl's an unbelievable hero. He did Tell me so why. Much for, well, he, he made this program valuable. He took it from what it could be to what it is. He built Pratt Pavilion. Yep. He took us to the round of eight. He took us to the tournament every year. Yep. Ever how it ended, he did a great job here. He never turned his back on us. He had people trying to hire him away all the time. Yep. He would come back here in a second, probably. I think he would. And he's never disparaged Tennessee. He is. Not one time. And when he was here, like his first year, he was making like a million a year. And he gives like $100,000 to the uh, one of the cancer places there in Knoxville. Yep. I mean, that's 10% of your salary. Yep. That's putting your money where your mouth is. I don't know why people dog him because he's never done anything negative to us. And believe me, we've been kicked around. You know that as well as anybody. And uh, he appreciated this job. I like Barnes. Barnes is fine. He's not going anywhere. Pearl appreciates this job more than Barnes ever has. Wow. And how do you know that? Are you in Barnes's head or you talked you know, to when him? Barnes was, when, when Barnes was at Clemson or Texas 1, they were talking about hiring him. This was a long time ago. And he's like, I'm not going to Tennessee. It's a football job. And when we beat What? Texas, now what? Say that again. What? When, when Barnes was at Clemson a long time ago, they had talked about trying to hire him at Tennessee. And he disparaged the Tennessee job big time in that interview and said, I'm not going to that school. It's a football school. Brian, my mind's a sieve. I don't ever recall hearing that. Brian Hartman, do you remember hearing that about Rick Barnes referring to this as a football school back in the day? I I, I don't want to say that he didn't say it, but I don't remember it. But then he well, goes it was about, I mean, he was at Clemson. How many years ago was that? 25, 30? And, Sean, your reply to that is, Sean's got a great reply. Go ahead, Sean. Well, he was at Clemson. That's a football school. Then he goes to Texas. Why, yeah, that doesn't make any school. sense. Why would he go to a football yeah, school? I, I know it didn't make any sense at the time, but he disparaged the job. And I, really? I remember, and I was sitting there thinking, man, why's the guy from Hickory putting the Boy, down like that's that? surprising <laughs> because he loves Rain Mirror so much, and he still keeps his letter that he wrote to Rain Mirrors when he was a kid. Trying to get on Mears' as a staff, I I don't know about that. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to uh, say that I need to see proof of that. Well, you're never gonna see proof of it, man. It's a long time ago in a discarded interview, but believe me, he he doesn't appreciate the job. How like do you Pearl know? Is. What do you Pearl mean he doesn't appreciate the? What does that mean? I mean, he does a great job for well, the well, balls. Let's see. How about he? How about he would have taken the UCLA job? If it hadn't been for well, they wouldn't pay his buyout. That's he did say that. And, and, and Pearl, I'd like to ask, how do you know that Bruce Pearl's sincere? Well, it, uh, because one of the things is he gave a hundred thousand dollars to that cancer thing when that was real money. That's my, I've never seen him insincere. Yeah, I'd, like, I'd like to see if Bruce Pearl's signature was on that check. Well, he I mean, how do you know it's money. not? Well, I just don't understand why people disparage Pearl after everything he did for us, and he's never turned his back on us. He would have came back here. He would have crawled through broken glass and rusty nails to get back here to get this job back at one point in time. Now, is that still true? I'm not sure. It's been a long time. But when we had that open spot and his three-year show cause was over with, he would have done anything to come back here. 
So to get him back, we'd have to go with his succession plan of Stephen being the coach one day. Would you nah, do it, Jimmy? Hey, Stephen Pearl's another story. That Would guy, you do it? Would you do the succession plan? No, no, no. no. Stephen Pearl, we know Stephen Pearl. We know he's low character. Well, I don't know if he's low character. He, I just don't know that he's a head coach. He was a kid when he was here. I mean, come on. We'd like to make fun of the guy, but, I mean, come on. I don't know if he's low character. But you can't say that about about Barnes doesn't appreciate. I mean, you don't know that. You don't know that. I mean, he's done a really great job here. Both those guys have done a great job. I'm asking about BP. Is he a hero or a villain in your eyes? Or a little bit of both? Or a little, Or is it complicated? We'll continue the conversation into our TLD Logistics Overdrive Overtime, which you know is going to happen because I'm a junkie for this. Even though we're on the night, Garza Law, Tennessee Basketball Overtime, on many of these same stations when today's exercise concludes. He's SEA in Sinclair, DDS, beautiful uh, Maryville. You will check him out as you need his services. He's been, like, wide open today. Brian Hartman's been on it. I want to thank Watson Brown, who appeared on the TLD Logistics Hotline. Also, our guest uh, from last hour, as well, who made a wonderful appearance on your TLD Logistics Hotline. And I love having me a little bit of feedback. I love having me a little bit of feedback here, but uh, we've had us a great day. In the meantime, I love you. I appreciate you. Hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Uh, uh, Behave yourself. We'll talk to you tonight. Go Vols, go, and take DeVoe. Love you. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia.